You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Rockabilia.com. I know you guys know Rockabilia. You've seen those ads with all the colorful T-shirts for all those bands. I know for me it was a big deal growing up in Alaska, back in the woods where there was no Internet, and we'd get those magazines at the store, and I would do two things. First, I would go to Rockabilia, that big full-page colorful ad, and find the coolest T-shirt I could find, the band that looked the most badass. Then I would go to the page in, And I would look at BMG for the five or ten CDs for a penny. And I would go through and try to find those bands, make that connection, and order those records. And a lot of those bands ended up changing my entire life. Now, before the internet, you could always go on and look in those magazines and see those shirts. But now it's all online, rockabilia.com. Great rates on shipping, the same great merchandise, the same amazing bands. And it's a lot easier to go check those bands out. For me, it was partially discovery. And partially, you know, just becoming a teenager, becoming an adult, going through and finding those bands. So one hilarious story for Rockabilia was I got my first white zombie t-shirt through Rockabilia. It was the black and white t-shirt with the band on it. All my friends started making fun of me for wearing that shirt because they were getting into punk rock and I was still into metal. Now, I never got out of metal, but Rockabilia was there after the, the hazing got too much And I went and ordered my first Green Day shirt from Rockabilia, which in turn started off my entire musical career going from playing Green Day covers back in the trailer in Alaska in the woods to the stages of the world playing with Anatomy of a Ghost and Portugal the Man. And Rockabilia had a big part in that. I know it will for you as well. I know it still does. It's nostalgic, but at the same time, they've been keeping up with the times online, rockabilia.com. Check them out now and have your own discovery.
What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. This is Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you great content week after week. And this week, I have been waiting for for a long time. Uh, it's a long time coming, and I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to bring you this week's guest. Uh, a lot of you may not know who he is, but you will soon, and I think you guys are going to you know, uh, fall in love with this band. And, uh, I, it's a band I've talked about before. I've had them on the show as far as playing the music on the show. We did a whole month of them, um, in, in the last year. And I'm just so excited to present them to you. So, uh, my guest this week is none other than the one and only Christopher McClelland from Nominee. Now, Nominee is a band from Texas, Austin, Texas, and a band that was shown to me by Mike Mowry, who owns uh, Jabberjaw Media. Um, he sent me this band and said, check them out, and uh, they're going to be the biggest band in the world. I know it. I say it all the time. I've said it to them. I've said it to Mike. I've said it to you. Uh, during the month of nominee when we played a new song from them every day or excuse me every episode for that whole month regardless of the guest um, and we got a lot of feedback from that of people that love the band and you know had the same feelings that I had and that was great to hear great to see is is people coming together and and seeing something new hearing something new and you know having a similar reaction to mine which basically my reaction when I first heard nominee was they didn't leave my Spotify at work for you know a good week and a half I was playing that record over and over again just a fantastic band and and you're going to hear in this interview how much goes into what they do um you know if Chris is not happy with you know or feels like they're phoning it in or feels like the lyrics aren't you know, up to par, or, or and, and he's one of the, he really stands behind his lyrics. Uh, you're going to hear in the episode uh, a lot of personal things he's gone through, mental illness, um, depression, every, I mean, all, the whole gamut, you're going to hear it all. And we just, we sat down at the Analog Cafe in Portland here when they came through town and literally, you know, that day figured out we could do an interview and just kind of went off the fly, no prep, just, and we had just met that night, and uh, it was something that really, you know, I think it really went somewhere cool, and uh, you're going to hear, uh, when he when he's not happy with the lyrics, the song doesn't come out, and the band is, is okay with that, and that's something they worked out in the beginning, he's never sang for a band before, um, he joined Nominee as a singer, uh, and <laughs> he's doing a fantastic job. I mean, he's one of the one of the best singers I've heard, you know, in a long time. And his lyrics are true. And once you know what the songs are about, the lyrics will tear you up. I mean, they they literally will tear you up. And that's something that I can't say about a lot of bands and a lot of huge bands even. You know what I mean? And I really enjoy the fact that Nominee is is up and coming and that we're getting in at the bottom floor and and uh really able to see them progress um, I've heard the new songs and I mean they're getting better and better and you know what else can you ask for you know what I mean and and I'm so stoked to bring this episode to you with Chris McClelland from nominee and you know we're gonna we're gonna definitely be monitoring this and and uh, getting you new music from them as soon as we can uh, it was a huge honor to have them on 
all the rest of the guys in the band are also just awesome dudes. Met all them that night, um, you know, and, and just a great crew. I mean, everyone's in their corner and everyone is honest and and it, the honesty part is huge for me, as you guys know. Uh, you've heard me talk about it with guests before, but how refreshing it is to talk to someone who's completely honest and open and can share these things about themselves. And, you know, especially this episode, like others, if you guys are struggling emotionally, uh, you know, depression, um, you know, whatever kind of mental illness is plaguing you or someone in your family you have no one to talk to, you can shoot me an email at any time, you know, uh, if it's something you want to talk to Chris about after this episode and hearing his story, I can definitely connect you guys. I mean, we're here to listen. You know, you're not alone. And it's just something I want to reiterate. It's something I mean from the bottom of my heart. You know, I want everyone to be here. I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to have a good time. If someone's, you know, struggling, there's no need to, to hide it. And, uh, you know, my email is always open. Um, I'm absolutely, I talk to everybody who emails me. I get them all the time. And it's a it's an awesome part of my day when I get to communicate with people who listen to the show and like what we're doing. And, uh, you know, like I say, I can connect you with Chris. If you, I mean, his story is absolutely, uh, it's going to it's gonna touch you guys. And um, I'm, I'm really stoked for you to hear it. So let's get the business out of the way and we will jump into this thing. Uh, I'm so glad you guys are here another week. Uh, we are at peerpleasure.com or peerpleasurepodcast.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, uh, social media wise. And we're everywhere podcasts are available. If you're on an Android phone, we're on Stitcher and, and Google Play and all that business. And we are on Spotify. So there's really no excuse, guys. We're everywhere. <laughs> so uh, definitely check out our sponsors. So rockabilia.com is a, an amazing sponsor of the show. They've been sponsoring us for a few months now and sponsoring the network. Um, and just awesome Band merchandise, I mean, everything from coffee mugs to flags to T-shirts to sweatshirts, um, everything. You're hitting that cold weather on the East Coast, need a new hoodie, head over to rockabilia.com and grab that shit. Uh, it is awesome. It's licensed. The band get paid. Um, it's it's just a all-around great company that I can really stand behind. And uh, you can use our, our code PCPEERPLEASURE for 15% off your order. Um, so definitely use our code. It is PC Peer Pleasure. That stands for Podcast Peer Pleasure, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and they'll save you 15% at rockabilia.com. Check them out now. They are fantastic. Uh, we are up and wired by Stumptown Coffee here in Portland, Oregon. You can also order them online. A fantastic outfit. You've heard me talk about them with guests before. Brett Detter from Juliana Theory and Zayo uh, wanted me to bring some to the show. And uh, Stumptown Coffee has been doing a great job sponsoring the show, keeping us up and and uh, caffeinated and, and ready to roll. So big thanks to them, stumptowncoffee.com. Check them out as well. All right, guys. So without further ado, I am so pleased to bring you this episode of a really true original. You guys are going to know him in no time. He's a fantastic dude. Uh, very powerful. So uh, definitely, uh, if you like I said before, if you're feeling alone, feeling stressed out, feeling you know like you can't talk to anyone, reach out. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com and uh, we'll chat. Without further ado... Here is my conversation with Christopher McClelland from Nominee. Together, when you to me, 
guess. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, Chris from Nominee. Hey, man. Welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Portland. It. Yeah, I love it. How are things going for you guys? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Um, like we were saying earlier before, we uh, we've only been up this way twice ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all been in bands that have been up this way before. Um, but it's it's really cool to be back. Okay. I personally love this city. I think it's really neat. Awesome. It's, yeah. You're from well, you're living in Austin. You're not from Austin, but you're living in Austin, so it's yeah. just very similar. Yeah, that's what that's what Portland I that's scene. what I hear. Yeah, I, I unfortunately I haven't had enough experience up here to to judge for myself, but it it seems really really <laughs> similar. Yeah, didn't we, I think we stole the keep Austin weird thing? Isn't that originally Portland's? Yeah. Yeah, it is. We, we just straight up stole that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing where uh, the art director for Jabberjaw, the network that the show's yeah. on, Lance, he uh, lives in Austin. And okay. I was coming up with some bumper stickers oh, yeah, to have yeah, him make. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, dude, okay, you need to design these bumper stickers. You make one say Portland and one say Austin. They're both going to sell the same. <laughs> and that's the plan. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's probably pretty true. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't find a reason why that wouldn't be the case. <laughs> it's going to be a lumberjack, like a silhouette of a hipster lumberjack, not like a okay. big beefy lumberjack, yeah, a yeah. little scrawny lumberjack, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with his foot up on a log and okay. Portland's going to be written in logs and okay. same with Austin. Okay. And he's gonna have an ax over his shoulder and it's going to say Portland I'm all about it. And it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. I'll say it on that's the show good. right now. It's gonna be yeah. if someone fucking steals that, I'd be pissed. Yeah, but you should edit that. Anyway, out. that's what's gonna be. Yeah, pencil that out. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're upstairs at the Analog Cafe in Portland, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys are playing uh, down the cafe, which is gonna be sweet. I love that. Yeah, it's it sounds good, and you know it's a smaller space, so it's sure. a little more intimate. Which yeah, yeah, so, which we love. Yeah, and you guys, so you moved from uh, the East Coast to Philadelphia. Yeah. To join nominee, or did you move mm-hmm. to Austin just to move to Austin? No, I moved to join nominee. I uh, I was in another band up there uh, that kind of fell apart. Like it, it was, everybody kind of made the decision that we we thought it was kind of time to have a hiatus. The band didn't, still actually hasn't broken up. Okay, uh, there, we were called I Call Fives, um, and it was like it was like in the realm of pop punk. Okay. Um, pretty, pretty poppy stuff. Um, lot, lots of fun. Um, but we we made the decision to, to do a hiatus, and it was kind of my doing. I talked to everybody in the band kind of one-on-one and discussed taking a hiatus, and we ended up doing that. Long story short, we ended up doing that. Um, and I did it for, like, to kind of settle down and kind of jump into real life. I had mm-hmm. a, a girlfriend at the time who was kind of pressuring me to to do that and I wanted to as well and the minute I did that uh, the minute I I made the decision to do the hiatus with the rest of the band I completely regretted it and we like she like cheated on me and we broke up and it was like a five-year relationship and I was like I was just like man what do I do now so I asked the band I was like hey do you guys want to keep playing shows like I take back everything I said do you want to keep playing and they were like no (laughs) no we're good uh and a couple weeks later a friend who I had grown up with in the Jersey, Philadelphia area, mm-hmm. uh, who was living in Austin, shot me a message on Facebook. He was like, hey, I started a new band. Do you want to come down and sing? And I had never sang for a band at the time. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. But he was like, do you want to come down and sing? And I just, I was at work at the time when he sent the message, and I leaned back in my chair and looked at my boss. I was like, hey, I'm going to move to Austin. And I think I was down there like five weeks later. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Never sucked for a band before? Yeah, no. I just, I needed to do something with music. It, and the fact that it was like a project that was from the ground up, that I wasn't joining a band that was already doing like cool tours and yeah. cool offers, like that was more appealing to me at the time because I wanted something for my own. Sure. Yeah. That's a huge leap of faith, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, God. It was really scary at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much a homebody. Yeah. Um, and I like to stay inside of my comfort zone. And that was like everything that was opposite of everything that I had ever known. Yeah. So it was really scary to move, but I, I truthfully could not be happier that I did it. Okay. Like I miss family and stuff like that. Um, but I, I could not be happier. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. at, and I mean, you're doing something great. I mean, you, the, the, the uh, the music you guys do, Mike Mowry sent me the the link to the Spotify okay, for Drag cool. Me Out. That's where yeah. I came into the band. It was Drag okay, Me Out. Okay, cool, cool. And I, I put it on, and it literally was on my Spotify for days. Like it That's was awesome. something, and I have not had that happen with a band in a long time. <laughs> That's and I have friends that manage bands and things like that, and they're always sending me links to stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is garbage. Like, yeah, nothing grabs me, but it immediately grabbed me like it just spoke to me and that was and it, I feel like a total nerd right now because I don't get that way about bands like That's I awesome, really man. it's not that I don't care or that I'm jaded I just have heard so much music and played music for so long and yeah. toured so much that I don't I can count on one hand how many bands have actually like got to me that way That's amazing. and you guys are still doing it most of those other bands are gone like broken up never did yeah, anything sure 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 sucks but yeah, well, we're still new, so it's a, <laughs> but, there's still time. But that's the thing, like you guys, and 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 I wrote him back immediately, like, dude, where did you find these guys? Hell yeah, man! Because I'm looking for like online presence, and and the know. first thing I told him after that was, what do they sound like live? Okay. And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, I saw YouTube. <laughs> I was like, of course it's on YouTube. Yeah. Put it on. There's like full sets on YouTube. Yeah. And you guys sound exactly the same. Well, I like that's it's awesome, it's. Man. I was like, he can sing. It's not like auto-tuned or anything else. Like he can sing, he can actually sing. Like I wrote him back. I was like, "This is amazing, a band that sounds this good on record and this good live." And I'm talking YouTube videos. Like this is my first time going to see you guys live here. Which okay, is, you're going to stick so around. You're stu- going to be able to stick oh, around. Of course, for the set. yeah. Okay, I, well, I've been waiting for this. Like I, I hope we live up to the. To the I'm sure you will. Yeah. I'm sure you will because I watched several and it's like it's consistent, Mike. Like I was like, dude, this is crazy. He's like, I know, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, and and I did, and uh, a few months back, I don't know if he told you guys or not, but I did like a month uh, of nominee music on the show. I think so. He every did, episode yeah. that month, I played a different song. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we were like retweeting. Uh, yeah. Some of the stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I, I remember that. And our YouTube, like it. YouTube comments and stuff, were coming in, but um, I was trying to just put as much out there as I could because I, I believe in you guys, you know, and and that's why I was so stoked for the show Dude, tonight. You. And. Uh, I really wanted to get to you know the bottom of who you guys are and 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 who you are and, and that's one thing that really connected me to the music was the vocals. Okay. And uh, especially and we'll jump forward, well we'll jump back, but the two new songs okay. that, that are on yeah. SoundCloud, the lyrical content really like resonated with me. Like I started to listen to the words more and everything, and, and Drag Me Out had like a consistent theme. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I want to talk about that too. Sure. Yeah. yeah um, absolutely. But. My point is that lyrically and the, just the the vocals with everything else just really 
that's what hit me the hardest was like good i mean that's that's know. what we aim for like we're not writing to uh, appease anyone obviously but yeah. um there you know you listen to the music so you mm-hmm. know ev- pretty much everything that we write has something to do with uh balancing my mental health mm-hmm. and and taking control of it um and that it's just something that like a lot of people have issues with most people yeah. have issues with their mental health in one way or another whether they want to admit it mm-hmm. or not um a lot of people have issues with their mental health be it anxiety depression or uh just a, pro- a problem with their self-image mm-hmm. even you know what i mean and yeah. like it's it's not talked about enough it's being talked about more but it's not talked about enough um and I have had such a struggle with it, so it's really natural for me to write about it. Um, but at the same time, I'm finding that I can connect with people uh, on a on a very personal level mm-hmm. uh, by talking about it and by having that music is like an icebreaker to to make new friends that have the same issues or similar issues to mine. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that's really really neat um and it's helping to establish uh community with other people that are dealing with the same issues as myself and it's helping people talk about it um i've had dozens of people come up to me after hearing the record or messages on any of our social medias and say like man like i feel the same exact way like how did you why did you decide to write about it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um so it's just it's it's neat being able to connect with people through art sure as as always you know it's always been um important to me all mm-hmm. the bands that i grew up listening to i connected with the lyrics more than anything else if a band had phenomenal lyrics but or phenomenal music but dog shit lyrics mm-hmm. i can't i can't vibe it i sure. can't jam it you know what i mean yeah uh, it's the most important thing in the world to me and we don't release a song if we're not happy 100 percent happy with the lyrics really we're sitting on probably 20 songs that we because they're not ready yet because they're not they're not uh they're not genuine it doesn't like i kind of force the lyrics out and they don't feel right to, to keep up with the music as yeah. far as how much music's getting churned out exactly okay exactly um and like we'll have like n- not all of them are finished obviously but yeah. you know they're there and there's like choruses or verses and we just like i cannot release that Unless okay. I'm 100% happy with it and I know that I can get behind it, yeah. I, we can't release it. And the band the band knew this getting into things. Like, I mean, they or or they found out very it. early on. Yeah. And they're uh, cool with that. Yeah, after our which first EP, which we had some, some member changes and mm-hmm. a pretty serious change in our dynamic. Yeah. Um, after those member changes and the sound changes, like it took us forever to get out new music and the band was like, what's going on, dude? Like write a friggin' song already. Yeah. Um, and I just told them like, this is kind of me. Yeah. Take it or leave. Like if you, if you can't get behind the, like if you want me to put out songs that I am not 100% behind, then we're not in the right band together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because that we kind of have at this point, we kind of have a message and mm-hmm. I want to see that message through. Sure. It's yeah. important to you. That's exactly. refreshing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's to tell very you the truth. important. Yeah, it's refreshing as as it may drive some people crazy if if mm-hmm. they're you know just the song's great, just put it out. You know, yeah. it's refreshing yeah. to know that there's some 
and, and that's probably what I'm hearing in this music is you are 100% behind it. And that's why live it sounds yeah. like it sounds in the record. I mean, um, Stay With Me is the first song, that, like the first song that like kicked in on Drag Me Out because there's yeah. the, in the beginning. And then right at the end where it drops off and it's just you singing, like it's, I was just like, that really, I mean, it just kept going to where when I watched it live, and it's the same thing. Like it's just, you could just get up there with a microphone and, and just belt it out. Like yeah. it's crazy, which is crazy. You hadn't sung for a band before. And no. you're also, like you said, kind of a homebody. Mm-hmm. Yet you're out here in the world on stages singing in front of people yeah. and doing it yeah. well. And that was weird. I weird mean, transition. I think it takes more bravery to be honest about yourself at the stage you guys are now because mm-hmm. you are playing to small rooms, uh, you know, smaller crowds. Yeah. A lot of people probably know you mm-hmm. that you're playing for. You're not playing for a bunch of empty faces. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, some huge band. Mm-hmm. So you're putting stuff out. It's like going out and telling all your friends these things about you that you probably hide. Yeah. You know, I think it's. I think there's a lot more bravery in it. Sure. Yeah. Doing it this way. Well, all of Drag Me Out is about how I hid those issues from people for a long time. I got diagnosed with bipolar when I was 17, and I'm uh-huh. 31 now. Yeah. Um, I got diagnosed when I was 17, and until 27, I didn't tell anybody. What happened to to even promote you going to or, or to inspire you to go and get checked out and, and diagnosed what what was going on with you then um i i you don't have to talk about no it. no if it's I'm, uncomfortable, I'm, like I said, I'm open to talk about whatever uh and it's fine it's in the past so it's not like a huge thing yeah. um and i'm fine now uh but i th- i had i just was dealing with crazy depression and just like in unparalleled loneliness even like having you know a handful of friends and my family and like bandmates in high school and everything mm-hmm. when I was seven, 16, 17 and it's just like I said such loneliness it was like unbearable and I had a failed suicide attempt when I was 17 wow um, and I didn't really tell anybody about that um, so you it failed to the point where you were able to come out of it without someone finding you or yeah, calling nine one one. No. Um, okay. It's it's a it's a long story, but my the girl that I was dating in high school mm-hmm. called the cops and they like showed up in my house. Okay. And like the SWAT team was there and everything. Freaking oh shit! Crazy for a seventeen year old to yeah to go through that. Um, but after that. My parents were like, let's go see a doctor. And I saw a doctor. And, like, the first few months were, like, really, really rough, like, trying to get down to the nitty-gritty, down to, like, why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. Um, And, you know, we tried different cocktails of medications and therapy. And we finally figured out a good cocktail of medication. But when I say a good cocktail, I mean it just kept suicidal and depressed thoughts yeah out of my head it didn't really take any of the pain away i was really just numb mm-hmm. so i stopped taking everything and I, cold turkey yeah cold turkey and oh, I, I, would, I would hide all my medication from my parents yeah. and stuff um tell them i was taking it and i would just kind of not self-medicate because i didn't drink or anything until i was like 21 um but i would just like bury it and like even if i wasn't feeling okay i just got so used to 
like faking a smile and telling my parents I was fine and like it, I could be like beyond depressed and just fake a smile and it mm -hmm. at you know at a certain point I just got so used to it that that was the way that I felt all the time and there would be you know uh, little peaks of mania or depression that would show through and people would like all the dudes in my old band would be like what the hell is going on with this guy yeah. like like, what's the deal? But, like, I never talked about it. Mm -hmm. And I always would just chalk it up to, like, I would tell him it was, like, anger issues or whatever, which probably is. But, um, and I, so I just, like, swept it under the rug uh, until re when I was 27. Yeah. Um, I met the girl that I'm dating now. And uh -huh. she's just awesome. She just understands everything about my issues. Mm -hmm. um, and she didn't know. I didn't tell her. But we had like a falling out one night and she was like asking me like what the deal was, like why I was so emotional like all the time. Because yeah. once I got comfortable with her, I started letting it show a little bit more. Okay. Um, and she asked me what the deal was essentially. And I told her about my bipolar, which is the root of my issues uh, clinically. Yeah. Um, and I told her about that and she was like, oh, okay. Well, glad I know that now. And, and it was that simple, like that, yeah. that. That was the response. Yeah, and she was like, "Okay, well, let's get you to a doctor and let's get you medication." And I was just like, "That's all." Just like, sprung <laughs> to action. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a couple months later, I, I was able to get insurance through the marketplace, mm -hmm. uh, through healthcare.gov, Obamacare. Yeah. Um, and I was able to see a psychiatrist, uh, and a psychologist. Yeah. And I was able to get medication and get like. A little bit of a balance back. Mm -hmm. um, I like to. This is a strange thing, but I kind of I don't want to take a ton of medication because I don't want to feel numb. And yeah. in my experience, in my long experience with taking medication, I never found uh, like a cocktail that made me feel good. Like I never found one that made the depression go away. I just found yeah. one that like made the depression like not as much of a focal point. And made me able to live my life without dwelling mm -hmm. on it. Um, like Vicodin makes you kind of forget about the pain. The exactly. pain's still there. You just don't care about it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I've been. I've done um, bupropion. Okay. Uh, I have. Uh, they call it massive depressive disorder. It's not bipolar, but it's yeah. It's the point stay. where I went and saw somebody and got yeah. medication. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's no highs. There's no lows. You're just cruising. Right there in the middle, yeah. So you don't get any joy, but exactly. you also don't get the, I'm going to go, you know, drive off a bridge. Yeah. Or just stop, not hit the brakes on my car this time. Like, yeah. It's terrifying to be in that state because you feel more vulnerable. I mean, you're just like, exactly. well, what's going to make it spike? Exactly. You know? and, and you, like, sometimes you need, like crying as an outlet to feel better you yeah. need to have that wave of depression to get over that hump and start feeling better and you just can't do it yeah when you're on some of those medications crying is an emotion that is meant to be there yeah to release yeah yeah and i like when i was 17 i was on like not gambitrol uh the, the like salt pills i forget what they're freaking called um but it was like it was a nightmare, dude. Yeah. It was a nightmare. There was, like, I was just, like, like, not depressed, but, like, right above it. Okay. Like, right above it. Just like, and borderline. there was no, yeah, and there was no getting out of it. You know what I mean? Ugh. I'd rather feel, 
all of the highs and some of the lows mm-hmm. then never feel, you know, yeah, never feel good. Because there's, there's no point. No. Otherwise, no. there really is not. You're just a drone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what not enough people realize is, is, I mean, it's terrifying to be on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and to not be in control of yourself, mm-hmm. like to not be able to physically control how you feel yeah. is so foreign of a feeling. Yeah. Like you should be able to, okay, I'm going to wake up today and feel this way, you know? Yeah. Like people say, you know, it's all about attitude. Oh, it's uh, fucking not. It's not at all. And to not be that way, it's isolating too. Like you mm-hmm. said, like you're a homebody. And, and when you told your girlfriend, I mean, she's the first one you told besides your family probably yeah. pretty much. Yeah, my family kind of forgot about it because I like... Hit it so well. I hit it, yeah. When you unleashed it to her and her response was kind of quick like that. Okay, well, let's just take care of it. Mm-hmm. How did that feel to you when you did unload that to somebody else? It was such a weight off my shoulders like you just felt that release yeah and it was just like i can talk about this now yeah and like really shortly after i told everybody in my band um and then really shortly after that i started writing songs about it yeah which was just an unbelievable outlet there's there's no comparison there's no drug or or medication that could compare to the outlet of writing about how I feel and getting to sing those songs every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get like choked up during certain parts of the songs because like I kind of revert back to how I was feeling when I wrote those lyrics. But like it, that always every night kind of reminds me that I pulled through when I was feeling that way. Yeah. Um, So like I said, there's just no better outlet than, than writing the songs about it and getting them out there and even like knowing that other people hear them you know what i mean because having someone hear one of those songs mean like like if my mom listens to that song i don't have to tell her how i'm feeling Mm -hmm. you know what i mean she just kind of knows and maybe we'll talk about it but like i don't need to muster up the courage to go up to her and be like mom i like i'm feeling suicidal i'm not myself today you sure. know what i mean she can sure. listen and hear it and just kind of understand yeah. and if she doesn't understand then she can come to me about it rather than me trying to muster up the courage to talk to her so like and that goes to, with anybody yeah you know even with people who don't know who i am with the people in my band who never understood why i would have such crazy mood swings like I don't have to tell them that yeah. I'm bipolar. They can listen to the music now and figure it out for themselves. Yeah, you know, if they want to. Man, yeah. that's insane. Like, <clears throat> just as you're telling me this story, like all the, it's funny because I, I gathered that that's what the songs were about on Drag Me Out. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of tell there's like yeah. an overtone, but it's it's vague enough to where it's kind of not general, but it's as you're telling me the story, like lines of lyrics from the, that record are coming back to me and making yeah. sense. Yeah. Like it, I'm just in my head. They're just rolling through my head as you're telling me this. It's like, Oh, this is probably when he was doing this and this, you know, this is about this to where it makes specific sense. Yeah. But at the same time has a broad reach. If that makes sense. It's not saying sure. it's yeah, general that's lyrics. Idea. That's the idea. But if they don't know you and they don't know your story specifically, mm-hmm. like you're telling me now, which a lot of people are going to hear this now. I'm really excited. A lot of people are going to hear this yeah. and, and, check out the band and 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 all that but it now has specific yeah connotation for 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 me personally now like like i'm saying but sure sure and um, now that you know about that 
incident when I was 17 when you go back and listen because you said mm-hmm. you listen to the songs on Spotify, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, those, yeah. Aren't re- those aren't released yet. <clears throat> um, but between you and me, when you go and you listen to uh, Heat Wave, yeah. it's one of the new songs. Mm-hmm. It's about that specific time because I never wrote a song about it. And I don't, I don't know why I never did. But yeah. I just like thought about, it. man, I should probably like get that off my chest. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like going to therapy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so next time you listen to that, you'll probably it's gonna make, make yeah, you'll probably, that'll sense. probably make a little bit more sense. Yeah. God damn that, and and I was so worried when Mike sent me those new songs because I didn't want them to be. I I held everything else in such high regard. I was like, please. You know, the, be a progress like be good standard, please be yeah. good please be good because well, so many cool. times it's happened and, he, and i put them on and just kept them on repeat yeah. he's like dude are you kidding me he's like i know <laughs> <laughs> that's basically our conversations about nominees awesome. are you kidding me i know man that's, <laughs> that's it great. and then yeah but those those new songs it seems like there's some other subject matter in there too i mean you're uh, yeah the uh where you're talking about i'm guessing a father father figure uh, in that song where you were talking about, you know, would you be here if I wasn't your youngest son? Yeah. Uh, where were you when the loneliness set in? Like, that's is that about that's specific? about that moment yeah. in my life. That's about the failed suicide attempt. I, I I reached out to my parents and I told them I was sad and that like I felt this loneliness that like I could not figure out. Like when you're when you're seven, sixteen, seventeen, and you can't understand that the mind has more control over the body than you think it's easy to imagine that you're lonely because of a specific tangible reason Mm -hmm. in life like it was so easy for me to think like i'm lonely because my friends hate me yeah you know what i mean i'm lonely because my family doesn't want me around Mm -hmm. um it wasn't it's it, it wasn't easy to think like i didn't know about bipolar or depression mm-hmm. so it wasn't easy for me to imagine that the loneliness that I was feeling was all in my head um, and that's kind of what that line's about okay um, that like it, it's more it's almost it's, like it's you less, eliminate because from that sentence yeah I'm lonely yeah, yeah there's not I'm lonely because I'm lonely yeah that's it yeah and and it's it's not liter- it's not really literal mm-hmm. it's more like um, I'm trying to think of the, the actual line. Um, oh, you're only here out of obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the case. My parents are both very loving people. Um, but that is what it felt like. Sure. In the moment. You were talking about how you perceive things. Exactly. Not the exactly. actual I was talking situation. about how I perceived things before I understood yeah. how much control the mind had. Because you're seeing things through goggles, basically. Exactly. Like you're seeing which people don't understand as well is, is the yeah you're yeah, seeing like things the drunk through depression goggles yeah 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 they're not the fun ones <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and they usually have the same result you wake up <laughs> feeling bad about what you did you know yeah like, uh and even even on that song like the the your voice changed like you could hear the angst like you can hear the 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 rasp yeah like it's like like i could feel it to be perfectly honest, it's because that part's a little out of my range. <laughs> really? Okay, because yeah, I've. Out of my range, I was like, man, this is getting like, it was like borderline like yelling. Like yeah. it was, but it was good. Like it just had that like sure bite sure. to it. And a lot of the new stuff that we're writing is a little bit like 
I don't really want to say heavier, but like it, a, a little like on the weirder side, mm-hmm. like a little angstier, a little more angry. You know what I mean? But yeah. like the same, like kind of the same vibe. Okay. As the rest of the records and the rest of the uh, the songs that you've heard. Excuse me. Yeah, um, there's so much dynamic to it. Like, I think that's the other thing too. Is it just you can tell so much thought went into writing these songs, like you're saying, where you're not going to release something until you're happy with it. I mean, musically too, it's so much thought. I mean, the dynamic, like Mike was like, let me know if you have any notes on these songs. And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. And I thought I did. And yeah. then I listened to him again. I was like, no, that's why they did that. That's why they did this this many times. That's why this part didn't repeat. That's why it just made sense. And that's something I don't, I don't get anymore. Yeah. You say I don't get okay. like I don't I don't I don't listen to music that way. I don't pick that stuff from it, but for some reason with this music I I get it. Yeah. It just yeah, makes same. sense to me and and um you know, that's how I knew it was special, you know. And and hearing this story, I mean, this is I mean, I, we talk about these kind of things a lot on this show. I, I mm-hmm. end up having I don't don't try to, but I end up having a lot of people that you know, substance abuse problems, depression problems, and stuff, and sure, and, yeah. And uh, I mean, because everyone has it. Is what yeah. I'm starting to realize. Like, yeah, literally, and, I and think everyone has a little bit. I think the commonality is that you have artists on your show that use it in their art, so yeah. they're kind of not obligated to talk about it, but uh, yeah, like a little bit obligated to talk about what creates their inspiration. And sure. Fortunately. Like you said, substance abuse, depression, they're all things that, like, it, you don't even have to try to write about them. They're, yeah. It's going to come out one yeah. way or another. Like, on our first EP, I hadn't been outward about my, my depression yet. I hadn't told any of my loved ones about it yet, so I didn't write about it. But, like, I'll go through and I'll listen to the lyrics and I'll be like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't even realize that I that, that is what I was talking about there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, it that blows my mind. It's like... It was like a living thing inside of me, like trying to get out. And I was just like bottling yeah. it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you write from an early age as far as just writing? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you've got, I mean, you've got a way with words. Like it's, it seems like something you've worked on for a long time. Thank it, you. It's, yeah. it's not vague like Deftones, like what this is yeah, about. It yeah. could be anything. It's very clear, but it's also very poetic. And, and uh, that's why I was wondering, uh, you know, if you wrote from an early age or did you sure. journal? Did you um, just write stories? What did I wrote, you do? I mean, I at 15 or 14 maybe, I started playing music and at the time it was, you know, really rudimentary and and very basic, but I mm-hmm. started writing lyrics and okay. like, like my like I saved like page like notebook pages from when I was in high school. And like it's all so like dramatic and like and I was listening to like a lot of Saves the Day at the time. Okay. You know what I yep. mean? So also very like, clear lyric. And writer. still, still do, <laughs> still to this day. I, I think if I were to like chalk it up to like to like one lyrical one uh, inspiration as far as a lyricist goes, it would be Chris Conley, um, because he always had such a style of using of being so literal, but using like just using like so many similes and metaphors in literal writing. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms, 
They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast 
is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. And Brutal just, shit. Dude. I know, dude. And I love it. Let me take this, this awkward song. song. Oh, God. It against your thighs. Yeah. Oh. Like that is oh. that is fucked up. Yeah. But like everything that he did uh, prior to like 2005 and then on still, but everything that he did, I just like latched on to. Yeah. So like as a kid, like moving forward to being like 16 or 17, still very dramatic mm -hmm. lyrics, but I was starting to like get it. Um, and I always wrote lyrics for the bands that I was in. Um, up until I Call Fives, so I didn't do a whole lot of writing for that band. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was probably because my writing was a little too, uh, I don't want to say brutal, because that's not the right word. Uh, Visceral? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and I think like everything that I wrote was just maybe a little too dark for them, so they went with you know lyrics that they had written, sure. which makes sense for that band. I don't yeah. think my lyrics would have fit. Um, but like, yeah, I constantly wrote for bands and I, you know, it was my outlet, especially mm -hmm. when I was burying everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll go back and listen to like acoustic songs that I wrote. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I never released them. So I was more open about like depression and more literal about depression mm -hmm. and anxiety in my writing back then. But I, there was never a point in my life where I wasn't writing songs. Okay. Yeah. But it started with lyric writing. Yeah. That's also interesting because, yeah. I mean, it's, I know a lot of people start journaling or, or mm -hmm. write a short story for school and like, oh, I kind of like this and keep going. Yeah. You know, yeah. do you write every day? Uh, not really. No. Okay. No. Do you have to be like should. certain, because you are writing from the heart. I mean, do you have to have a certain environment when you like, I'm going to sit down and write today. So you kind of, you know, sit at home and do it. Or are you in the van sometimes like no. when it strikes? It's. Is I can be anywhere, okay. in all honesty, but when I think of, it's so weird, it'll just, like, come to me, like, I won't be trying to write, or sometimes I will be, sometimes I won't be, but a line, just one line will come to me mm -hmm. and make me feel so inspired that I need to finish that song, yeah. right then and there. Like, I have to finish it. Okay. Um, the acoustic song on Drag Me mm -hmm. Out, uh... I sat down with that guitar in my hand and played that riff and played the riff once through and wrote the song from beginning to end. And that was it. Wow. Like I just wrote it 
It just came out. Like, as I went, it took me three and a half minutes to write that song. Just because of yeah. that, the one line. Yeah. Um, I waited for you to come home. And I, like I said, three and a half minutes and that song was done. I have the original take on my iPhone <laughs> that I just pressed record and uh-huh. wrote the song and like kind of like hummed along some of the lyrics that I didn't really have like specific parts to, but I just played the song and sang it into my iPhone and mm-hmm. that is pretty much the version that we used. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like I just, uh, if I'm inspired by something, I need to write to it. And yeah. in the same, like that's great, but on the opposite side of that coin, if somebody else in the band writes a song and I'm not inspired by it, it'll sit in our Dropbox for two years. Wow. So there's, there's, so you can't necessarily write inspired lyrics to any piece of music. You can, no, you got to feel it with the music. I have to to feel it and it has to like, it has to like resonate. Like I have to, like all the, (laughs) it's it's stupid, but like all the stars like have to align. Like I have to hear the song, hear a line in my head and be like, oh my God, that's, that's it. Yeah. It has to speak to you. And then write around that line in that particular part in that yeah. particular song you know what i mean yeah it's like it's the most annoying thing about being a lyricist or or a vocalist like i wish i could just sit down and write a song and i can but i know that i did that yeah you know what i mean and if exactly. i know that i did that if i know that i forced it out i'm never going to be happy with it see that's a whole other issue right there but that's also fascinating because <laughs> Like, that's why that's why the stuff's so good. I mean, it's it's consistent because you're you're honestly doing all you can yeah. with every song. And and the biggest part to me is that well, another part to me, not the biggest part, but another issue with writing that way is that I feel like it is so transparent. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're if you go from writing an EP like Drag Me Out, where every song was like gut wrenching for me to write. To putting a band in a room and me like trying to like write verses and choruses mm-hmm. and lines to match songs, I feel like you are going. The listener is just going. It's going to be so obvious. Yeah. And I hate that. I can't tell you how many bands. In that I I'm not positive, but I can't tell you how many times I've listened to records by bands and be like, man, it feels like they just kind of wrote this to get a record out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is like my worst fear for our band i never want to be that band so we won't be that's a valid point yeah i i understand exactly what you're talking about yeah you know uh neil young did something like that back in the day where he wanted out of his contract so he's like okay i owe you two more records fuck you then went and wrote two pieces of shit records i don't remember which records they were but he was talking about it in an interview because he just basically shit out two records holy i got one record in a live album or something like that and it said fuck you i'm out Wow, and then just to get out of his contract, it was in—I forget what it was on. It was on a—it uh, was on a DVD documentary or what. Where he's talking about it, but he wanted out of his contract wow. and literally just fucking shit out. That you know. sucks. He's like, "You want your two records? Here's your two. Here records. they are. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they're true. Yeah. Anyway, but wow, the—I'm really getting a good picture here of of kind of inside your head, which is which is really interesting because. Um, you know, sitting with the music like I have and, and which I'll continue to do, it's just going to have a whole new meaning. And I think people listening to the same thing, you know, and, and, uh, I would get emails and stuff when we played those songs, like, where can I find this music? I was like, 
it's on the episode. I told you where you can find it, but here's a link to it, yeah. you know. So it's speaking to people, which is sure. which is awesome. And awesome it, it was on episodes with like Thank you so much. I forget for who was on it, there. but it was people that may not have fit. Yeah. Slime music, which was also cool. I think there's some ex- that's, that's even cooler. Extreme yeah. metal shit on there, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. You know? And uh so going back to the writing thing, like so do you guys when you get together to write, you've already written lyrics that you bring to the table or do you go in the jam room together and start kind of like humming melodies and then writing to it we'll we'll try we'll we'll do both because we know that we have to keep the creative juices flowing like we don't just sit stale like right now i think we're probably sitting on with the two that you've heard probably like seven or eight okay new like ideas uh not not really full songs some of them yes okay um but yeah if we and I know it's important for everybody to be a part of, a part of the creative process because mm-hmm. I'm not the only one who wants to get shit off my chest. Sure. Um, and like Steve, our guitarist, has played in instrumental bands some of his life. Mm-hmm. So whether he knows it or not, when he's writing that music, he's getting shit off his chest. Yeah. He's getting it out there um, through the music. And like sometimes, you know, you'll listen to like an instrumental band and you'll feel how the person was feeling when they wrote certain parts. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And it's just instrumental. And he doesn't, like, he's not an emotional person, so he, like, won't say that that's the case. Yeah. But, like, when he brings a song to the table and there's a part that speaks to me, I'll, I'll hear it and be like, holy shit, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write to this right now. Sure. And at that point, we'll put a loose structure together, um... A lot of the times we do it in the room, but most times we do it uh, in a room together in front of a computer yeah. uh, with MIDI drums that we're mapping together okay. and uh, with just like guitar plugins, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, and we'll write the song loosely together in that room. Sure. Um, and then I'll write to it and I'll be like, you know what? Like we got to end the verse here because I, I need the verse to end on this line mm-hmm. because it's the most impactful line in the song. And it's just, that's where it should end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is like what you're saying earlier. You're like, Oh, why did they add, like add this extra measure here? Why did they stop yep. on this measure? Like that's probably why we want, there's certain parts of the songs that we want to stand out more than others, obviously. Sure. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll sometimes write a song like a couple of the two of the songs that we have done right now. Mm-hmm. We all wrote in a room together. Okay. Um, and I wrote lyrics after that, but they, it was all stuff that I was like sitting on, like ready to use for that particular song. Okay. I just wanted to see where the song went before we settled. Okay. You know what I that mean? That makes sense. It makes absolute um, sense. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff we write together, but most of the stuff. Like Andy, our drummer, or Steve, our guitarist, Dean, our guitarist, Cameron, our bassist, will write almost an entire song. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, demo it by themselves and bring the song as a full idea to the table. Okay. Uh, and then we'll kind of turn things around and and switch things up to make it sound more like us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, what's your relationship now with your family? Like. Uh, you said that they can listen to your lyrics and, and to it, and so what, have they heard Heatwave? No. Okay. I was gonna say, <laughs> no. like, what is the what would what do, what um, would you think their reaction would be to hearing that song? Do you think they would pick it out as being? They're, they'll be sad. They'll be saddened by it. Uh, my dad isn't a very emotional person. Okay. Um, like at all. 
So he'll probably listen to it and be like, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, it cool, might, <laughs> might hit him, you know, might rattle his core a little bit, but he won't let it get to him. Yeah. Um, and we definitely won't talk about it. Yeah. My mom will be like, I don't understand what the lyrics are. <laughs> um, like, I can't understand what you're saying. Uh, and I'll actually type out the lyrics and send them to her so she can read along while she listens. Okay. Um, and then we always have conversations about it if it's yeah. something that she wants to talk about. Um, but she's like, I don't think either of my parents have ever been people to like, like they love music. Like my, my dad loves the Almond Brothers. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But like they've never been the type that would like break down a song and be like, I wonder what these lyrics mean. Yeah. So it's not in their nature to do that even with my songs. Okay. My mom wants to hear them. You know, we have a song uh, that's coming, that's going to be on the new record that is about my parents' divorce. Uh, they did the classic Stay Together for the Kids thing. And it. So they divorced after this. They divorced attempt. when I was. Yeah. They divorced when I was 18. Because it says you're the youngest son. Yeah. Do you have a younger sister? I, are you the youngest I've, of the family? I'm the youngest. Okay, so you are the youngest yeah, of the family. They so, waited for me to graduate high school. My dad moved out. And they were sitting on this for a long time. Yeah, and like, well, we knew that their relationship sucked. Yeah, like, of course. Obviously, like, it was like so blatantly obvious to us. And like, it sucked growing up around that. Yeah. And I like, the whole song is about how I wish, like, if they would have divorced when I was, when I was born... I think they stayed together another like year and then they separated and they separated until I was like eight or nine. Wow. So it was that long. Holy shit. And they got shit. back together. And the whole song is about like, damn, like if you just would have stayed separated, yeah. like maybe you two would be able to find love now. Yeah. Like Instead now, of being now older, at this like... point, they're both in their sixties and it's just like, it's fucking so depressing to say, but like. I'm worried about both my parents dying alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if they would have just stayed separated when I was eight years old, sure. Maybe they would have remarried and found true love and yeah. like been happier now. Um, I don't know how we got onto the subject. Uh, oh, you asked about like. Yeah, how they're going to take it when they hear yeah. this song. Um, but my mom, I showed my mom that song and she okay. was pretty shook yeah. by it. Um, That's probably one of the most traumatic events they've been through besides all the pain. Of yeah. living, not living a lie, but living in misery, basically yeah, trying they, to smile. Yeah. They're basically lived how you actually feel. Exactly. I would yeah. think they're putting on the smile. They don't actually have to feel that way, but they are because yeah. they want to stay together for. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. And so they have like to f- have some perspective. Sure. On how you're feeling, except they can control it. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing was, is that like they didn't, they didn't stay together because it was like good for like our morale they stayed together because it made sense financially to have two incomes yeah um which we could go down that rabbit hole why it's like why parents feel the need to do that yeah because everything's so fucking expensive nowadays like a single mother making 16 bucks an hour cannot afford the rent no you know what i mean and like that's why my dad moved back in you know what I mean? Because it made fiscal sense. Yeah, and there were great times. Yeah. I I didn't have, like, a, a shitty upbringing. Like, there were really great times. And there were times where, like, I don't... 
I don't think I ever saw my parents kiss or say I uh, love you affection to each other. or anything. They, they I never I, I never saw them show affection to one another. Wow. Um, which is fine. Like I'm the, most effect, of, I'm the though. most affectionate person I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe it's me trying to compensate for my parents yeah. not showing that affection. But I'm like with my loved ones, I'm the most affectionate and emotional person I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it didn't I if it affected me, it affected me in what I think is a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, now they they'll go back and they'll listen to those songs and they my mom is definitely affected by them. Yeah. Um, my dad, maybe not so much. I, I don't know if he cares to be affected by it. I, I think he kind of does what I do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, my dad's definitely got some mental health issues that, yeah. he's, that he's, you know, sitting kicking on. around and mm -hmm. just sitting on for a little while. Uh, but it, he'll never, ever admit to it and go get the help he needs. Yeah. So, like, for me to show him a song that is emotional and raw... If it makes him feel, he'll shut it off and stop listening. I'm sure of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are they proud of what you're doing? Uh, they're proud that I am following my own path. Like they see their son on stage, like pouring his heart out. I mean, do they? They've feel seen me play that? two shows ever. Okay. Ever. I got you. Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question. I, I think. It puts my, a perspective on it. Yeah. yeah. My dad says he's proud. My mom says she's proud. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think they much rather would have me working a nine-to-five with health insurance so yeah. I can take care of What my, that girlfriend wanted at first. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. They'd much rather see me living a normal life so that they could tell their friends, like, oh, my son bought a house or yeah. my son. Those, those monuments or whatever, exactly. those uh, milestones. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if they'll ever be able to tell their friends that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think they're a little bummed out with that. Yeah. Um, but they are happy to see me doing what I love. And that you're happy and functional yeah. And, yeah. and figuring yourself out. I mean, yeah. there's just a, a ball of so much that needs to be unraveled. I mean, it's just Dude, yeah. crazy. I can't. I have, you know, 31 years of shit that I can write about. So that's yeah. the silver lining. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, do I wish, like, my parents would have... Do I wish that shit with my parents would have never happened? Do I wish they would have never gotten back together? Yeah. Because yeah. I'd probably be in a completely different space right now. Yeah. Um, do I wish I didn't have to deal with my depression? Totally. But at the same time, at least, it gives me something to write about. Yeah. You know? Do you view it... I guess it's kind of a fucked up way to say it, I guess. No, no, sure. Do you view it as a gift? No. You do if you could reverse it, you would yeah. like and just live a normal life and yeah. not have to be okay. I would. I know some um, people. Uh, it's almost become a part of them to where they would feel. It's kind of ties into that whole debate, right? I have a son with special needs, and there's this debate about genetic editing, which is a whole other tangent. But okay, if you could edit your genes, would you do it? Oh, you know, shit. especially for okay. a kid, you know, like yeah. would you do it for him or would you do it for us to make it easier? You know, like if you had that option, you would take it. Sure. If you're able yeah. to just shut it off with yeah, a procedure, 200 grand, bam, insurance yeah. pays for it. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and, and, but that's like a moral uh, conundrum. Yeah, it's a whole you know ethical I mean? dilemma. Like, like, yeah, like, what do you, like, I, 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 I get that. I mean, I don't actually get it. Um, well, you're in this, it's it's similar. It's similar. Yeah. It's something where it could hinder you, you know, through your yeah. whole life. And it has this, to some point. Yeah, but sure. But you've... 
you've been able to live with it and control it at this point to where you're, I mean, you're functioning. Mm-hmm. You're functioning. You're living every day. You're doing something you love to do. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, when those people are, I mean, even watching YouTube videos, like those people screaming those words back at you, what does that do for you? I mean, it's so personal to you watching these people sing it back to you. You're yeah. almost ready to tear up. You know, singing some of these lyrics and someone's screaming it right back in your face. Yeah. Maybe they're screaming it because it means something to them. Maybe they're screaming it because they like the melody. Yeah. But does it, do you thrive from that? Do you pull anything from that at all? Or do you Yeah. push that out, I guess, out of your out of your head? No, you're no, I, I definitely thrive from it. I'm, it's, it's unfortunate that there are people who relate to the yep. lyrical content. It, it's really unfortunate. But unfortunately... I know that it's common. I yeah. know that mental health disorder is wildly common. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it kind of reflects on what you were saying earlier that it can be uh, it can be construed however you want it. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, when we play in Austin, uh, everybody always kind of goes off for that song "Stay." Yeah. Um, and the the chorus is really. It's, the lyrics are super basic until you get to that I'm embarrassingly uh, nervous, embarrassingly anxious. Yep, yep. Um, I thought that was an amazing line, by the way. Like, just the, yeah, sorry to throw pre- you off We here, did pre-production but. for that record, and the guy that we had doing it wanted me to change it. And I was like, really? absolutely fucking Embarrassingly not. anxious. Like, I, I felt that way. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it just I mean? hit me. Like, yes. Yeah. I, um, so, like... But you know the the chorus up until that point is it could be about anything. Yeah. It could be about a girl. It could be about a job. It could be about whatever you want it to be about. Until you get to that point, and the fact that so many people latched on to that line, like it's like I said, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. But at the same time, everybody in that room is seeing everybody else sing that line yeah. and going. Holy shit! Everybody else yep. here kind of feels that way too. These are my people. Yeah, these are my people. This—it's a community. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and I—I I think that's really neat. And that having that having everybody kind of come to that realization together, I—I mm-hmm. uh, I get something from that. Yeah, I do. That's yeah. fantastic. It's gratification. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel I'm thankful that I'm I'm thankful that I'm not the only one, but I'm also torn because I feel bad that other people have to feel that way as well. Sure. And when you say things, I mean, you're at the point now where, you know, people are taking notice of the band and, but you're still at a point where everything you're doing is still real and it's real to them. It's not Mm -hmm. like you can walk out. Like I have people on the show that, you know, play for, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of people and they walk out on the stage and they can just say, shit. And everyone goes, yeah, like that's it. Or they say anything or burp in a microphone and they're just like, yeah. Like it's yeah. Whatever you say, we will follow it. You know. Sure. Yeah. It's not real anymore at that point. They're they're totally. looking at what they think. You know, they're 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 looking at a picture of what they think this person is. Yeah. And I've talked about it a lot on the show about like all those interactions being so ungenuine because they're yeah. they're seeing you are this person in my magazine. Mm-hmm. You're not the person that just did this or this or this. Yeah. You're in a very special spot right now because you guys are at that level where people are going to be listening to what you're saying and respond to it, not just because you're saying it, but because yeah, of what yeah. you're saying. 
and I think that's a really good spot to be in. I think it's a really great spot to be in. Yeah, and I, I hope we're like you you see these cult bands that like no ma- like they'll they write you know kind of the same vibe mm-hmm. throughout the course of their career. Yeah, uh, and they don't like they get to this point and they plateau and they plateau at a really good point because they're still considered you know what I said a cult band. Yeah, they're yeah. still making a career and they're still able to fund new records and they're still able to play music as their main gig their main Mm -hmm. that's their job yeah you know what i mean but they're still writing what they want to write like a band like bayside yeah you know what i mean like anthony ranieri is still writing like incredible lyrics Mm -hmm. and people are still latching on to those lyrics and yeah he'll go on stage and he could be like shit fuck and everybody yeah, would we'll go nuts yeah but at the same time those people are living his lyrics yeah. and like living through them and using them to get through their every day yeah that's you know a great I mean? point so like i think once you get to a certain point like no matter what you say people are gonna yeah. latch on sure um but i i i hope that our band one day is you know i want i want to be taken seriously in, sure. in that regard i i want people to have a connection to the lyrics always yeah always yeah. i never want to have like a pop hit that was written for a mainstream audience i yeah. never want to be that band all i want is to play music that people enjoy and relate to mm-hmm. and maybe one day you know, pay my rent. Sure. You know I mean, that that would be super cool. That's your but ultimate like, goal. That's not the that's not the idea. Mm. The idea is to play music to people in a community that relate. Yeah. And you know? but what you're doing right now, the groundwork you're laying right now, the biggest thing I see, the amount of care and uh, uh, just the genuine piece of it is going to serve you so well when you are at that point when you're standing on that stage and you're looking at that many fucking people i hope so that are latching onto everything you say that groundwork you laid is going to sit with them you know what i mean and make it all the more special that yeah you know what i mean you're not just going to show up to that point and have people you know coming in like you know it's going to be real yeah because every single thing you've done when you lay your head on that pillow at night you know you did it right. Yeah. In your mind, like in your heart, you know you did it right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, even if it's not for everybody, you did it right. Mm-hmm. Your band knows you did it right. I when I was really young, my my first band that like toured and like did it and like got like offers and shit. We talked with Fred uh from Triple Crown. Yep. And he he passed. He ended up passing, uh-huh. but he kind of said the same thing. He was like, he was like, sure, you guys could write like a pop record and, you know, hit top 40, mm-hmm. but it's not going to mean anything if your foundation isn't there because you got to build like a pyramid yep. to get to that point. You have to lay that foundation like a really wide base mm-hmm. and kind of build from there. And then like if three records from now you want to write a pop hit yep. and take that gamble you can do that because at the end of the day if that fails you're still going to have that foundation that was exactly. laid um 
And that always kind of resonated me, with me. And then I think maybe a little bit too far because I was like, I never want to do that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I never want to be that band that ditches everything they know and goes and writes a pop record that people can't relate to. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Or just completely unrelatable lyrics in general. Like sure. lines forced together in rhythm and rhyme. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That's a yeah. whole other bag of worms. Yeah. Uh, the... The um, the one thing Mike Mowry will tell you is, and he says it to me all the time, and it resonated with me too, is uh, great content done consistently over time will equal success. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about with bands. Like, like He always says, I like bands, bands. Yeah. Like He's like, you don't like just anything. You like bands, bands. Like You're a bands, bands I guy. I have so many favorite bands that yeah. are bands, bands, and it fucking pisses me off, yep. dude. That... Sorry, go ahead. Continue. Well, that's the that's the thing. Like bands like that, those are the bands you want to go backstage at because everyone backstage is way bigger than they are. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. It's and I saw it on Warp Tour all the time. Like mm-hmm. you knew when a band's band was there because they were playing the Ernie Ball stage, but around the corner was everyone. Everyone was trying to see backstage. Yeah. Yep, watching them like what the fuck? This is crazy. Yeah, and <laughs> is there a is there a band that you could that you could say that you had that experience with? On Warp Tour, uh, on Warp Tour without without being offensive, because some bands could find that offensive, which is weird to me. But yeah. I could see how some bands would be offended. Um, well, there was some that were like, um, uh, like My Chemical Romance was yeah. one of them, where sure. where um, we we played some shows with them on Warped, and then we played some shows with them outside of Warped, and okay. there was just huge people everywhere, like uh, like yeah, yeah like. Um, uh, dudes from like AFI and and yeah. shit like that, like just over there watching them play, you know, and yeah. like and uh, like God, John Feldman knows? watching them play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Well, and John Feldman, we played a show uh, with Anatomy of a Ghost when I was with them. We played a show with My Chemical Romance and Goldfinger and uh, The Used okay. and Stun. Okay, yeah. Uh, the girl from Clueless, that movie Clueless, her yeah. boyfriend's band. Yeah, yeah. And I ran to John Feldman backstage, and I was like. Dude, John Feldman, like I've been a fan of yours forever. Like uh, Joe from Nami has a Goldfinger tattoo on his leg. Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Nami, yeah, I know you guys." It's like, what? Yeah. He's like, Mike "Yeah, I love the record." Oh, and yeah. I was like, "Why didn't you call?" He's like, "It seemed like you guys had your shit together." <laughs> Why didn't? No, you call? we didn't. We didn't have our shit together. Oh we God. needed you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so what, that was an ongoing what, joke. Man, but. what would like? That chain of events been like had you know I don't know what because what happens when you yeah that's yeah. neither here nor there yeah but it's like and like the when the Deftones were coming up like yeah they're backstage here you'd see all these crazy artists like they're yeah. praising the Deftones but I mean and they were successful but they weren't successful like they are now yeah you know and yeah. it's things like that like bands Playing bands like, like a few hundred quicksand kids. or failure yeah. or yeah, uh, sure. I mean bands that people worship but mm-hmm. they can you know sell out. A, a decent club in Orange County, but they're not playing the stadium. They're not playing Hollywood no. Bowl. Yeah, they're playing to 500 yeah. kids, 800 kids. Yeah. But so and so is flying in from wherever to see them, you yeah. know, and hanging out in that yep. cap backstage, you know. And, and like needs to be there. Yeah. Like Joe, so and so from band A who draws yeah. 40,000 kids is there watching. Exactly. Them. Yeah. It's like integrity has no, no, uh, yeah. Monetary value. I yeah, guess. I know. Like I it know. has no no uh, social currency. Like it's it's like there's so many of those bands, dude. Yeah, and unfortunately, like it'll lead to bands 
eventually breaking up and, sure. and calling it quits. And maybe not because they weren't making a paycheck, but because they didn't see it going any further. Yeah. Um, they said all they wanted to say. I maybe, take you know? exactly. And the perfect example of that of saying like maybe not all you want to say, but saying what you need to say. Yeah. In my opinion, is a band like Hostage Call. Did you ever jam them? No. Uh, they were from like Connecticut or Boston, mm-hmm. but. Um, have you seen the t-shirt that says I support same-sex marriage on the back? Yeah. That's a hostage calm shirt. Okay. And they had a couple hostage of records calm. that are just like, you'll love it. Mm-hmm. You will love it. They're fucking mind-blowing. They're so good. Okay. They're so good. I'm going to check them out tomorrow Their last morning. record is called Die on Stage. They're a fucking punk band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to the core, they are a punk band, and they're incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, they called it. They called it because... You know, my band did Warped, the, my old band did uh-huh. Warped the same yeah. year that they did. And I would watch them play to like 100, 200 kids on like the West Coast. Yeah. And then watch them play in Boston to like five, six, seven, eight hundred kids. And But they're another one of those bands. Yeah. Band's band where every band on Warped Tour is watching their set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my chem had a good mix of that. Like we yeah. did, our tours were basically, we were doing a tour. We did our last tour with Emery, a beautiful mistake, and Emery and, and, um, they were on tour. My chem was on tour with Avenged Sevenfold and Beloved. Okay. And we were playing the same towns and same clubs. Yeah. Like, same, like clubs down the street. So like yeah. uh, Sin 13 um, in Texas. Uh, Sin 13. Oh, shit. Uh, what's the club in Dallas? Gypsy Tea Room? Gypsy Ballroom? There's uh, like two different venues in the same building. Uh, there's a couple of those. There's the door and the... The door and trees. Uh, uh, or the, tree. do- uh, the door is connected to... The door was huge and it the had... The profit bar. The door has the balcony around the perimeter, right? Where you can watch the bands. I don't believe below. so. Oh, man. I don't believe so. Well, we played... The, the tour was like overlapping each other yeah, in similar draws. So the booking agents got together and they're like, well, let's just combine the tours. Yeah. Okay, so we got to Dallas and we played, and we headlined over My Chem, okay. but under Avenged Sevenfold. Sure. Which was the weirdest fucking thing. At the time, it wasn't, yeah. because we knew each other. We were like, oh, cool, man, playing yeah, together totally. again, yeah, right yeah, on. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, biggest band in the world. My Chem. Yeah. Was it, what, Boom. was it like 04, 03, 04? Yeah, this was 04. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then it just exploded. Mm-hmm. And it's just so weird seeing a band, and they had a good mix sure. of being a band's band, but also mass appeal yeah and like, uh, that is maybe the most massive yeah. of, of appeals yeah. that i that i've seen you know like they could they could they could appease anybody yeah at a show at, at the time yeah at the time but also very very visceral mm-hmm. lyrically and i mean i mean there's a lot of story there too yeah. Very genuine. And I think that a lot of people gravitated towards that. And that's one of those things. It's just sure. magnetic. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what you're doing is is magnetic. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's inclusive. Yeah. I, which is uh, yeah. extremely And important. I th- I think that's a, a big thing about about our music. It's it, yeah. it's inclusive. Um maybe if you could put one word on it. I I I mean and I that it's it kinda sounds like I'm tooting my own horn when I say that it's genuine, but there's no other the only one who it. would know it's genuine is you. Yeah. So you can't do your own homebrew. Yeah, that. exactly. You know, it exactly. has to come from you. Um, but go- going back to that to that package that you were talking mm-hmm. about with Avenged Sevenfold, you said you played 
over MyCam, but under Avenged Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that in 2017, Avenged Sevenfold is nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But That's so is Portugal cool. the Man, which was half of Anatomy of a Ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Touche, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but that comes from fucking 13 years of grinding. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we went from being somewhere to them then getting in a minivan, sleeping on their gear in a minivan, sleeping on the amps, unplugging vending machines at truck stops to cook rice in the rice cooker. They bought Anatomy? No, no, no. Portugal. Portugal. Wow. They bought a 25-pound or 50-pound bag of rice, and that's it. And uh, literally would unplug vending machines at a truck stop to plug in the rice cooker and cook their rice and eat rice and then go back to sleep on their gear and driving the parents' minivan. That's incredible. And now... Yeah, I mean, now they, they just played this venue that work. I do security at in Austin. Yeah. It's like a 2200 cap room. And their film crew had catering budget. Uh-huh. So it's time, the times yep. have changed. Yep. Widen yeah. and Kennedy doing the music videos. Like yeah. it's, uh, it's amazing. I play with them for a few years. And, and when I go see them now, it's just, I mean, uh, we were on the side of the stage uh, at Edgefield up here, which mm-hmm. I mean, how many thousands of people it is. I don't know. They sold it out. And Johnny came back to the side stage for a minute to take a quick breather. Yeah. And I just put my arm around him. I'm like, dude, I am so proud of you. Yeah. And he's like, thanks, man. He's like, I can't even imagine yeah. what you're going through right now. Sure. Emotionally and everything else. Just like, you know, and, and I really think you guys are going to be there. I really do. And I, I mean that. And that, that's something I tell Mike all the time, too. Like, and we always joke about it, like, yep, biggest band in the world. People just don't know it yet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's like, that's exact. I, I really feel that way. And Ooh. I feel that way because I feel it emotionally i feel a connection to it you know before and we you and i've never met or talked yeah, before tonight yeah. but i felt completely connected to you and the rest of the guys just from the music and it's that really shows cool. that there's something there at least for me and if it's there for me it's going to be there for other people i like hope we've so been talking about you know and I, I i i hope so i mean that would be the icing on the cake to be you know especially for me the biggest thing if you can be a band of that size to have a, a, a platform yep. to speak on. Um, so that would be the most important thing to me, but it, would it be cool to have like, you know, 2000 kids singing along every night? Holy shit. Yeah. That would be freaking yeah. cool. But if I can just like coast on the, the same like cult of people that enjoy my music and understand us as artists yep. and, vibe with it if even if it's not that big even if it's just like if we're just getting by on it yeah and maybe have to work a, a part-time sure. job while we're home pick to up pay security the bills. shifts while you're home from tour exactly for some cash yeah. dude like that is all that i would need yeah that's all that if i could if i could pay my health insurance there you go neat. that'd be neat um but yeah, like I said, would it be cool to have that many people singing along at shows? That'd be awesome. Sure. Hell yeah. But it's not, that's not why anybody in this band got into it. Exactly. You know, like I come from a, my brother listened to just punk music. Yeah. Growing up. He listened to, I mean, they could be considered as pop punk nowadays, uh, given the state of things, but he listened to No Effects and Rancid and the Casualties and. Yep. Black Flag and like a bunch of like a bunch of like punk influenced music and that influenced me and like like watching these bands like DVDs of or VHS tapes 
at the time watching yep. like their documentaries of them like you said like sleeping in the back of a van yeah. on warp tour like, black flag used to sleep in a rider truck like you yep. had to get in there and yep. they would close the close fucking the door. doors in the darkness it's I crazy know. i saw that i watched that was like one of the first things that i saw on youtube mm-hmm. was like a mini like an eight minute documentary that they yeah. did um yeah. and yeah i remember them including God that in there damn it yeah um, I watched I watched a newfound glory documentary mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Um, I was a little bit older at the time. I guess I guess I was. Maybe I know like the one you're talking 18. about. That was a good documentary. Yeah, and that's a like a timeless band right there. Yeah, that did it right. I mean, yep, they and went through some another, shit too. They're another one of those cult bands. Yeah, that no matter what they do, they're going to at this point yep. play to probably the same amount of people mm-hmm. that they've been playing to for the last five years. Yeah. Until the end of their career, until sure. the day they die. But they've you know taken I mean? care of every one of those people, and yep. they've been there for them, going through issues. Yeah, I mean that band. I can think, I can picture where I was when I heard certain songs. Like yep. I go back there. Yeah, and that's rare as well. Yeah, you know, at, um, at the age of fifteen, the first time I ever heard a newfound glory song is was that song. It never snows in Florida, and I was in the back of my friend's car driving to warp door so it couldn't be any more cliche yeah you know what i mean but i still remember where i was when i heard that song and when i heard that record nothing gold can stay and said like i gotta go mm-hmm. i gotta go to tunes and buy this record. Go to <laughs> yes. i gotta go to tunes tunes records mm-hmm. and buy this record and not the day of warp tour because it was late and they were closed but the day after i went out and i bought that record yeah and i bought every single record that they put out after that's awesome, you know and that's, I mean? that's, so, that's that loyalty you build, you know. Yeah, and that's the the pyramid mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. They took gambles on records. Yeah, uh, they wrote "Coming Home," which was a pop yes, record. Yes, they did, and I love that record. I, that's probably my favorite. It's record. It's amazing. It's probably my favorite record by yeah. them. But had they just put it out before releasing the records up to it, mm-hmm. would I have enjoyed it as much? Nope. I, no way. Exactly. No way. You wouldn't have given it the second chance. Exactly. And it needed a second yeah. chance. I didn't. I first spin, it was like, ooh. And then yep. I went back and I was like, these are really good songs. Yep. Like deep. And then there's so many layers and everything yeah. else. And it's just got this good feel to it. And then they put the videos out with their like, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was, they were getting, or they were, they had this guy and girl was stripped naked basically, but it was going in reverse. I can't remember if it was in reverse or. Uh. But like clothes started coming off. They're walking down this yeah. hallway and like. What, uh, what video was that? What song was that video for? Uh, right? It's the one with the piano in it. The do 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 do. Oh. Um. Please. God, it's just like then the guitar is like. It's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. That that was it. Oh man. Please stop your crying now. Yeah. Yeah. I need to revisit. I've never been a video guy which uh-huh. sucks for nominee because like <laughs> I've always been like I, I am a video guy because I'm such a film nerd mm-hmm. but I've never like had to like if I found a band I've never been like I want to go watch the music videos which sucks because nowadays it's so important yeah you know what I mean sure so I'd like I've, I've fallen out of touch with what's cool uh, and what's necessary I think that might be my band. <laughs> really? I'm not positive what time is it. How long have we been talking? I don't know. You guys are on 8:15. Sorry, you're going to be able to edit this out if it's 
Oh yeah, of course. Okay. It's yeah, uh, you guys are on eight fifteen. You got an hour. Oh shit. Okay. Cool. It's a it's a local and then me. holy moly. Because you're with Sundressed, mm-hmm. they're headlining, and there's okay. a band for you, right? Yeah. On the package, or is it just you and Sundress? No, it's just us and Sundress. On okay, the package. then there's two locals, and then you. Okay, cool. And I wanted, I, I do want to check out Glacier Vein. So if this is them, I have to make. It probably is. We can wrap set. this up because we. I'm not, you I need to eat dinner too. Not, I mean, before we gonna, play, or whatever. But oh, I'm not gonna eat before we play, regardless. Oh, okay. But um, we've been going. Uh, yeah, how long have we been talking? Hour and fourteen. Hell yeah, dude. Joe Rogan That's style, dude. Yeah, dude, I, I love it, man. I, I do too, it. man. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I, it's, I loved how natural the conversation's been. That's that's what it's all about. And I man. love that you didn't say. So who are your influences? Oh God, so, what? Who's your influences? How's the tour going so far? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. That's what podcasts aren't about. That's for yeah. when someone has ten minutes to interview you and they just want to get a soundbite. Yeah, and put it on their website. Yeah, and that's cool. Because, sure, for wrong. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. I I love talking to anybody yeah. about anything music related, but sure. when it's this natural and when it flows like this well, like it's 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 hard it's impossible to wrap it up. You don't want to wrap it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. You have basically say, Yep, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is gonna be episode this is almost episode seventy, I think. So Holy we've been shit, at it a dude, while. It so really? yeah. Yeah. This will come out in uh January. That that is insane. Yeah. That is it's been going on for a little over a year already. so yeah 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 but uh yeah well we'll wrap it up but chris I mean, dude i i appreciate is there it, anything else that you wanted to talk no about man this is i because... just wanted to chat with you and and pick your brain a bit and cool. and uh i mean that's what i mean my listeners love to hear is they're just yeah. like it's a conversation like yeah. i felt i was literally doing yard work and i felt like i was people were at the table behind me and i was just eavesdropping like it's <laughs> it's cool like it, or, yeah. or i was on a flight and i i needed something to do or you know my commute sucks and this makes me feel yeah. like you know but then the other thing that's cool is it's going to tie it together with people that have already heard the music that have asked me about the band and then also we'll check out the band cool yeah so, and, you, know, you know that's like i said the most important thing to me sure so that's neat so if anybody has has found the band and has found themselves listening to the record um i think it'll be really neat to give some context yeah to what those songs are actually about because it you can you can listen to those songs and and think it's about one thing but it's it's really not um so and i think it's important for artists to be um transparent yeah about what they're writing about especially in 2017 sure yeah because you only have that little bit to grab people with because their attention is so short yeah it's not like it was when we were kids no and you and i are almost the same age like yeah. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. I agree. But, uh, I agree. Well, Chris, thank you, brother. Well, shit, yeah. It was so I appreciate much fun, it, man. Thank you for having me. I awesome. appreciate it. Yeah. All right, guys. Whew. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris from Nominee. He is such a fantastic dude. Had such a blast talking to him. I'm glad you guys are getting to hear it. Um, you know, and you can you can always, you know, subscribe to the show so you always get these shows coming to you every week. Uh, but go back and listen to what you want to listen to the episodes past episodes we just had uh justin and bert from the used two weeks in a row um we've got a lot of cool stuff coming your way we've got a big one next week as well and i'm really glad you guys are here week after week it really makes it you know worthwhile to know that so many people are listening to the show and that people are getting something out of it and really truly listening and uh you know you guys are are why i'm doing this and why i have a great time doing it and uh, i'm grateful for that and grateful to have you guys i know i say it week after week it gets sappier and sappier but without you guys there's no show 
so it's just going out into space and no one's hearing it so i'm so glad to see the numbers continuing to grow week after week uh check out our sponsors rockabilia.com and stumptowncoffee.com as well get yourself some coffee get yourself some merch uh the merch discount for 15 percent off your order at rockabilia.com is pc peer pleasure head over there now get some merch Head over and check out Nominee as well. They're on all the socials. Nominee Music, uh, all one word on Spotify. Follow this band. This band is absolutely fantastic. They are going to be huge, and I am I am standing by that. I am standing by that 100%. We're going to have them back on when they're winning a Grammy. I'm telling you, this band is fantastic. And, uh, you know, week after week, we're trying to bring you more and more great stuff and, and uh, interesting conversations. And I'm just so glad to have you guys. So, uh as always, we'll see you on the radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.